Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rap. Today, I'm joined by a friend of mine from Romania in Bucharest, and that's Alexandra Fus. And Alexandra is a operate is the operations manager at the Valoris Center mm-hmm. in Bucharest, and we have been chatting and getting to know each other for a while now on on LinkedIn and sharing tips and best practice backwards and forwards but this is a get out of rap first this is the first guest from Romania so Alexandra welcome thank you Martin thank you it's a pleasure to be here and uh, another pleasure to meet you the same we were just saying we feel like we know each other because we're both passionate about the same things we've been chatting backwards and forwards and it's the it's the power of LinkedIn and our kind of contact center community exactly exactly um, so how have you got to this position now? What's been your career to date? Well, um, I've been working Valoris for 15 years now, and the company is actually on the market for the same amount of years. So I've been working from the beginning. and it's Really? Yeah, it's, it's a, a small catch here. I normally don't, uh, let's say, promote it because from my perspective, it isn't an important detail. But for some... Um, it's quite an uh, interesting information. So I'm actually the founder's daughter. Really? And, yeah. And I did my, my internship uh, as a call center agent here, both inbound, outbound, back office. I tried every type of service possible and then grew up on the career ladder uh, as a team leader, as a manager, um, operations manager. I'm also doing sales support and also in charge of special projects in the company. Yeah. That's great. Did Because I expect if you tell people you're the founder's daughter, they expect that you've gone straight in at the top. But was it important for you to, to, do, the, to do as many roles as possible and to earn your way for your progression? So you started as an agent. The important detail here is that I normally don't promote this. This information (laughs) comes up. I don't really know from where. I think people around me are uh, actually very enthusiastic about sharing this. It's like, you know, that gossip that you cannot keep for yourself. (laughs) But I normally don't promote this because I instantly see in people's eyes and, of course, approach the thing that you are mentioning um, the idea that um, I'm the, the founder's daughter and, of course, I get everything for granted. Why do I bother even, um, uh, why do I bother going, uh, promoting? Why do I bother learning and everything? Because I already have everything at my disposal. But that's completely wrong. Um, I've actually had to deal with this throughout my entire career. And uh, to be honest, it has never, I don't know, never been easy to change the perception and change the opinions um, from uh, me being the founder's daughter to being a professional, yeah, Mm -hmm. from having Mm -hmm. people to appreciate my results, my insight, rather than, I don't know, my last name or my parents' name. I think it's a really interesting point because... Um, I, I always find you meet people where they are. So you, you, I've met you based on your professionalism, enthusiasm, your interest in the industry, the things that you've shared and the insights that you've shared. 
you don't you don't look at someone's name but I guess from a perception point of view and I know uh, the company I work for we have some um, family relationships in, in the company and I've always thought that if you're the child if you're the child or the or the second family member to come that you're probably thinking well people will what kind of maybe want me to fail or when I succeed I'll have to do more than anyone else to prove that it's my own work and it's not because of who I'm related to which is insane exactly exactly and it has been a constant battle Mm. uh with me with myself because the um, let's say the challenges and the levels of expectations were as you were mentioning uh, pretty much at the same level so i had to impose to myself uh new objectives new challenges to achieve to overcompensate and to overcome my my results in order to prove let's say to the other people that i'm not just a, a relative I'm a professional. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. I want to achieve that and we can achieve that together. But it is a constant battle. I have to admit that. It is uh, even now, uh, it is uh, tough to change perception from, from people because, of course, they are subjective no matter what you do. You seem to have it. You seem to have a nice balance. But I I can imagine it's quite a nice fuel to have. It's quite a nice energy sometimes to to kind of go, okay, I, I will I will continue to prove prove you wrong. Yes, I'm. Um, and another thing here, um, my colleagues is and my ex colleagues' is feedback was always that I'm I'm quite pushy. <laughs> but this is, a, let's say, a side effect, a side effect to the fact that, of course, I'm constantly pushing myself, mm -hmm. constantly, of course, pushing everyone because we need to uh, achieve those targets. We need to prove that we are professionals, that we know what we're doing. Uh, and, of course, we're uh, on top of our situation. Right. Yeah. And does that lead to something that um, we spoke about before hitting record? Has that been a reason why you could call yourself, and I love this phrase, a learning enthusiast? Yeah, well, um, I actually love it too. Uh, and uh, I love it because it's quite truthful. Uh, considering the fact that uh, for the past 15 years, um, I have never stopped um, looking for new information, never stopped learning. Every, every new account, every new business area, every new service that we provided was a new thing for me to, um, to learn. This kind of became like a constant thing, kind of became like my own value to learn things, to understand and to know as much as possible about this area and not only this area, about our partners' domain. And another thing here, so um, this, this type of profile, and this is actually an advice for any, anyone that's listening, it's quite useful for, for our vibe right, for our brains, for, for our development. Because if you constantly learn, you constantly challenge your mind, and of course you, you develop, you, you begin to be more happy with everything, personally and professionally, of course. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think, that, I think that's great. Um, when, 
Well, to go, take you right back then, when you were an, an agent, um, how has that experience helped you today? Well, um, of course, being in the front line um, gives you access to the activity to, and everything that uh, stands for. Yeah. So whenever you go on and uh, take other roles, you can definitely um, manage them and you can definitely perform considering that you've seen firsthand the operation that you're currently managing. Right. So this is the, the best, I don't know, the best lessons learned that you can possibly take. Just do it yourself. Uh, analyze everything up to the root cause, even talk to end users or um, analyze the data so you know exactly what you're talking about and then you can take the right decisions. That's great. And then from there, you um, did you say you were team leader as well? Exactly. And as a team leader, I have to admit that it was the best uh, role that I could ever have. I simply loved it and I always said, and I will always say that um, anytime, anywhere, uh, no matter what happens, um, if I had to make a change, I would for sure take a team lead role. It was the best time that uh, I had as a first line manager, let's say, but also keeping in touch with your people and with your operation. Why it's did you love it so balance. much? Why? Be because because it's the perfect balance between people management operation control and uh, a part of uh, customer contact mm. right yeah yeah what kind of team leader were you um i was the kind of people person team leader but uh the pushy type <laughs> <laughs> the pushy type to achieve everything to not uh, leave anything unhandled, untackled, uh, a little bit of perfectionist, sometimes crazy, might uh, some, some of my ex-colleagues uh, might add, but overall a people person, more of a leader than a manager. And, and I know it's an area you're still um, passionate about, the kind of the team leader um, journey, what, what advice would you give to agents who are looking to become team leaders? Um, very good question. Thank you, Martin, for that. Um, well, uh, if you look at the standard operation, you have a limited number of team leaders to a certain number of agents. So that concludes to the fact that not everyone can be right promoted mm. to such yeah. a function. But uh, for agents, I would recommend, first of all, know your business, know your activity, know everything there is to know about your client, about your service, uh, get out of your comfort zone, right? Mm. And of course, be proactive. It doesn't matter if you have um, a boss that listens or uh, if, you have, if you don't have one, you just um, need to achieve that, I don't know, let's say responsibility of sharing your insights, sharing your thoughts, because you're in the front line. Mm. You're um, hearing and identifying first points that can be improved, right? Uh, so you have, first of all, a responsibility to share it. And after that, of course, improve your skills. Take a mentor, 
take a mentor to uh, help you um, guide, to guide you in your process. And again, have the courage to apply. Apply mm. on the new positions in the company. Even if you, you get thousands of rejections, you will get that one approval and that would make you super happy. Mm. And it will be worth it. Yeah. Yes, that's very true. I, I certainly had a lot of... Um, I. I think there must have been people in HR going, oh, no, there's another application from Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's perseverance. That's uh, knowing what you want and going for it. You uh, I think we need to appreciate that more, you know? Mm. Yes, definitely. And I I, I love the idea of um, stepping outside of your comfort zone. So volunteer whenever you can. If there's anyone saying, does anybody want to? Don't wait to the end of the sentence. Just say yes. Yes, exactly. It doesn't matter what they're saying. Just say yes. I'm doing no matter how scary it is or crazy it is. I know I can do it. And so if you've, if you've just got the job of team leader, um, again, what would, you, what would your advice be to becoming as good a team leader as you can? Well, this question is tricky, Martin, because (laughs) right now I'm thinking with my manager brain. So (laughs) my first answer would be know your numbers, you know, your finances, etc. But I think that's a manager's answer, right? I mean, it's a different role. Um, If I would go back like maybe 10 years ago, I actually don't remember. It's been too too much. Uh, The first thing would be to know your team. Uh, individual per individual talk to them uh, find them uh, out Uh, well if we're assuming that you've been promoted from within the team again this is another important aspect discuss with every one of your colleagues to see and identify what's their opinion about your new role how are they appreciating it what are their expectations of course to set some ground rules and of course for you to have some tips and tricks on how to proceed further because we know that ex-colleagues especially when you're um, now leading them are quite challenging right uh, another another advice for new TLs would be, uh, on the other hand, know your client because you've known your client from a, an agent perspective, which is quite, quite different than, uh, let's say, management ex- uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that, um, that then lends itself to another passion of yours when you talk about clients. You're passionate about the BPO sector why is that? Well, uh, I've been activating for 15 years in the BPO sector, and I can say with 100% certainty that it is a very dynamic industry. You never get bored. Even if you have the same operation, let's say, over and over again, it is not really the same because there are different aspects to it. There are different profiles for end users. There are different industries. There are different uh, clients that you work with. So you never get bored and you constantly learn. This is why this type of area develops you from start as an agent uh, up to the top, to top management. And it's, it's a career ramp up for any type of uh, person without any experience, 
uh, that wants to develop professionally and wants to improve. So this is why I appreciate it so much. Mm -hmm. Another point would be that you get to work with a lot of people from different industries. You not only pro you are not only providing know, customer service, you're actually becoming a brand ambassador for that partner, right? Because in the eyes of the end user, the, the outsourcer doesn't really exist. In their eyes, uh, there's only the company, right? So in yeah. order for you and especially your operation to become a brand ambassador, you really need to go the extra mile to understand that business, that industry, right? So uh, up until this point, after 15 years, I can say for sure that I've gotten into a lot of details for more than 20, 25 industries. And it's been very, very, very nice. There been any that have been either challenging or or really surprised you? Um, challenging, um, I would say uh, the last challenging industry is the delivery one, the on-demand delivery one, especially because of the context, the um, economical, let's say, and the social context due to the pandemic. Mm. Um, this type of industry exploded um, during the pandemic and before, but it was quite at the, let's say, beginning. So uh, again, uh, it was, it is, it is, it continues to be very uh, challenging, very, it fluctuates a lot, uh, and you constantly, constantly need to reinvent yourself and your entire operation. But on the other hand, on a positive note, I will always have in my heart, of course, my first, uh, my first project where I was an agent, I was a team lead, I also was a manager in the financial industry. I simply loved it so much that I actually memorized the whole contract. And I'm not kidding. I used to memorize, uh, I used to know all the articles from that contract and uh, recite it to agents or to my colleagues. Everybody was, uh, was stunned. I can, still, I can still remember the script of, um, I, we were, I worked in financial services as, a, as an agent and we had, we would uh, store cards, so like a credit card, but the additional services that came with it, I can still remember the list of them and the benefits that the customer, that the customer got. So, uh, but I didn't go as far as memorizing the whole contract. <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds a little bit crazy, but I was simply I love in love. It. Yeah, I was in love with it. Uh, the The service was mostly a customer support one for um, mostly leasing services, right? So there were a lot of inquiries related to uh, monthly invoices, insurances, and of course, additional. Um, support campaigns but it was amazing i will always have it in my heart and the the industry that kind of surprised you well uh, um this would be the um, electricity uh, industry uh there the support was mainly focused on incidents of course where um Mm, the the uh, volumes the activity was exploding literally whenever uh, i don't know um electric um, pole was going down or there was a general outbreak in a neighborhood 
that was uh, again very hard and very difficult to tackle because of course you are familiar with the um, split of hours, um, shifts per agent. So that was a real, real challenge for, for us. This kind of, um, you said something earlier that I loved, which was around this having to constantly reinvent. change, reinvent yourself. That isn't that, and that's quite addictive though, isn't it? That kind of yeah. the pace and having to change. And then when you're in periods of more stability, it's very easy to get bored. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But you know what's uh, the thing here, uh, Martin, uh, not everybody can do it, right? Mm -hmm. Not everybody can keep that pace. Uh, not everybody can uh, keep with the pressure and everything. But once you get a hand on it, and once you uh, get the rhythm, you simply just pick up the rewards from mm -hmm. wherever you, you go. Yeah. And can you, um, I know this, this is probably a silly question, and you can't really, but can you just give us a flavor of what it's like, the call center industry in Romania? Romania. Um, yes, is it, how much of your work is outside of Romania? How much of it is internal? And is it very competitive? I'm just interested, I'm fascinated by another market. Yeah, well, uh, Romania is not such a big country. It has, it has roughly 18 million in population. Um, but the BPO industry is quite developed, especially in support for uh, the Western part of Europe, but not only. Also, uh, US is very interested in uh, outsourcing here. Um, but overall, the outsourcing industry is quite developed here because Romanians um, are very skillful in terms of foreign languages um close to native actually and also in terms of um professional uh, or technical skill set so on one hand you have the language skill set uh, on romantic languages of course english is like the second almost native the second language for everybody here um and also you have a lot of uh, people that have high skill set in it support in uh, any type of back office support because of a high percentage of the population finishes college uh, or uh, professional development um, trainings mm. right mm. so this is why this is a very uh, good destination for outsourcers and also especially because of the costs right it is a location that provides a balance between costs and skills for resources. Right. And it, if you're leaving college, does the contact center industry, is it quite appealing or um, is here? I think sometimes it, it, it has a negative perception and not many people choose to go into a call or contact center. What, how is it in Romania? Well, in Romania, uh, actually, most young people choose to go and get hired in a, in a BPO, in a call center, uh, uh, from within college, not after finishing it. It's the first destination for most youngsters because they don't have experience. And we know that uh, the initial roles don't actually require experience. Mm. Uh, it's actually our motto in Valoris that uh, we don't require experience, we actually offer experience, right? 
Um, yeah, um, the uh, perception here is that um, a role in a call center is a beginner's role. It's not a long-term role. It's not something from where you're going to get out to your pension, but it's an intermediate role where you gain experience that will um, manage or will uh, allow you to access other roles in your area or in what you want to develop yourself. Yeah. That's great. Because I think it's recognizing where contact centers can provide something for for the person over and above some of the usual things that we will say, which is flexible shifts, competitive pay. It's more about positioning it where people are in their career, right? And so can I ask about um, where you guys are at now then with the uh, the pandemic are people working from home or back in the contact center half and half uh, i actually had this, um, this discussion with my colleague from hr last week and we've actually analyzed a little bit the spreads of our employees it's uh, very interesting that right now after the pandemic uh, we are actually at 50 percent full telework employees and 50% uh, in a hybrid model. So as in Valoris uh, here in Romania, we have three hubs. Uh, one of course is in the capital Bucharest, which is the headquarters. Uh, another hub in the uh, Eastern part of the country uh, in a city, a very big city called Baco. And another hub in the center of the city called Vulcha. So for, for our employees that actually live um, in these uh, cities, we have uh, agreed on a hybrid model, a mixed one, but for the other 50% of our employees, which actually work from other locations in Romania, uh, they are full telework. And how about yourself? What do you prefer? Well, um, I'm an exception here because I uh, live very close to work. I uh, um, do roughly seven minutes. So I have actually went to the office a lot during the pandemic. Also considering the fact that uh, I have two small kids and it is impossible to work with them at home. Uh, at some time I have to share that uh, the kindergarten, of course, uh, when there was a lockdown, down, they um, implemented a model of online kindergarten and that particular interval was crazy. I had to work and I had to stay with them in online kindergarten. It was an experience. I can state that, but I wouldn't want to repeat it <laughs> anytime yeah. soon. Uh, uh, my children are a little bit older, so but we I found myself getting too involved in their schoolwork. I, <laughs> I, I started to become like a, a, a another teacher. A substitute uh, teacher? Yeah, but one that they didn't want or need. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can relate to that. I can relate to that. I was actually super happy when the kindergartens um, opened. Um, and then I started to shift to working from the office because the environment made me much more efficient, I have to admit. Mm. And what would you say around, um, I, I know for one how, how busy you are and your, 
you're very driven around um, helping others about the sector, about your own sort of development. How do you find kind of um, prioritization and time management? Are you do you have any tips or anything that you rely on to make sure you stay on top of everything? For people in management roles, of course, the classic advice, but it is applicable in any type of situation is delegate, 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 and then um, control and offer support. If you get into that uh, challenge, let's say, of doing a lot of things yourself, you're going to miss out on a lot of aspects of your operation, a lot of aspects of your um, team's performance. And that's a, a recipe of failure, unfortunately, right? Um, but uh, to answer your question, there isn't a, a fixed recipe, right? So you need to adapt constantly. <laughs> there isn't really, that's yeah. the reality because every type of team is different. Uh, every type of operation is different. So the main points and the main skills that you need to have is of course, patience adaptability and flexibility. Also taking into account to have awareness, be aware of what's happening um, near you, be aware of what your team is doing, constantly communicate, and then you will have access to all the information you need and you'll have the visibility required to coordinate successfully your operation. Very wise, and I, I love that. I'm Thank going to you. steal that steal that phrase. Fixed, <laughs> there's no fixed recipe. It's brilliant. You always have to work with the ingredients you've got, right? Exactly, exactly. I know you're also, and again, we mentioned this before hit and record, but you're also, as well as operations, responsible for special projects. And I know that project management is also another another passion. What is it about that that you enjoy so much? So uh, I recently finished my uh, PMI accreditation, Project Management Institute accreditation. And by taking the course and studying all the uh, principles there, uh, I became more and more fascinated into doing project management, let's say the right way, right? The technical way. So we all have instincts on how to um, coordinate projects. We all can adapt uh, and take decisions based on what we have. But honestly speaking, knowing the technicalities and the theories and uh, having some resource resources at your disposal can go the extra mile, can save you a lot of time uh, in um, implementing, implementing and adopting the right solution for your service. So this is why I love project management so much because it's very, uh, it's a lot technical and also very clear mm. on what you need to do and on the directions that need to, you need to take. So you're saying that kind of, the application of some of the theories has helped shape the kind of natural drive that you might have to, to get something, to get something done or better understand people that you're working with that, because I know from an operations background, I think I drove a few project managers mad because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do updates and things. I didn't want to do a lot of the things that they wanted. I just wanted to get things done. Um, but I think experiences taught me a better understanding of what they were doing meant a better result in the end. 
Yes, yes, I, I agree and I understand what you mean. I've been there. Um, the idea is, uh, I don't know, a recipe to success, to be a balanced professional in your uh, area of expertise is not only to, let's say, have talent, to have that instinct, but also to have the knowledge. One without the other kind of uh, doesn't uh, help you in achieving your goals. So you need to have balance between uh, your instincts and talents and, of course, your uh, skill set, right? Your trainings, your information. What's, um, what's next for you that excites you? So you kind of do accreditation for project management, you're doing projects, you're still running operations. What, what's, what's next? What's the next thing that's got you excited in the future? The next thing is that um, right now, uh, Valoris, I can actually uh, say this um, officially, and I've also shared it on LinkedIn, we've gone um, uh, as a multinational this, uh, this month, we've launched in uh, Serbia, Uh, As we speak, yeah, as we speak, uh, there is the first training for our first client there. So this uh, was very, very interesting. We actually implemented this new hub in uh, roughly three months, the first new hub in a different country. And even though it was challenging, uh, I simply loved it. So the next step uh, for me is to help the company develop internationally and to develop the company's uh, geographical footprint because this is the next best thing that also was uh, or is much more achievable due to the uh, post-pandemic conditions. So what I mean by that is that right now it's much more uh, approachable to launch new hubs with a normal budget in different countries, right? So this is my uh, new point. This is my new challenge. And I simply can't wait for uh, me and the team to expand everywhere. Really? This is my dream, to expand <laughs> yeah. everywhere, yes. Why, why not? And if I think you absolutely can, you absolutely can do it. You've evidenced that already uh, today. <laughs> today. Did you spend any time in Serbia? Yes, yes, I've been there uh, in several occasions. Um, first of all, um, of course, to discuss uh, with our consultancy firm, of course, to select the location of our, of our hub. Um, and I'm going to go there, uh, I believe, in two weeks, uh, just to meet the new employees and to get the vibe of the training and their profile and everything. That's great. And you said um, that the the pandemic has kind of opened up other locations. Uh, what, what do you mean by what that? Just mean? To, yes. So before the pandemic, it was quite, let's say, expensive to open new hubs, um, also in your um, country, but also abroad, because you needed uh, bigger budgets, you needed physical desk and, and, and everything. So uh, the decision to um, expand like that was pretty complicated. But right now, considering the uh, work from home model, you need smaller spaces. You just Mm. need them to be highly 
accessible. And of course, you need very good processes for all departments in order to, of course, manage and maintain the new add-ins in your, in your company. But it is much more uh, accessible. Uh, and uh, of course, as I was mentioning before, with an um, on-hand budget. Yeah, very, very true. You mentioned something very early on um, about the importance of mentors. Do you mentor anyone? Yes, yes. I've, uh, I have to be honest that I've tried to mentor every person in my uh, team, uh, in my teams, actually. Um, again, to be honest, not everyone... Uh, appreciated it, <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, um, I contributed and I'm really, I'm actually very proud about this because I contribute, contributed to the professional development of a lot of people, both within the company and also for people that are right now either working for our clients or in the other industries. This is a thing that uh, we can be very proud of. It's like teachers, that actually teach kids and grow them, right? Um, the same with us, because we mentor them, we help them develop. Um, and then we see exactly where uh, they're going and uh, their achievements, and we take pride of that. Yeah, right? completely. Um, I, I think in a, in a very small way, I've really, um, I say small because it's only been until now by typing to each other on LinkedIn, but I've definitely benefited from, from knowing you. And I would recommend if people aren't, that they connect with you on LinkedIn, um, because I, I've, I found just the way you conduct yourself and your whole sort of story is very inspirational. Thank you very Thank much you for coming on. Thank you too, Martin. Thank you too. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Alexandra. You too.